And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is a premier podcast for the website, SeabullsComedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. We're back. <laughs> After, what, four weeks off? Something like that. We're adjusting the microphone because it has been a long time since I've done this. So I decided to change up the way things look a little bit. I moved the uh, A-cam to... This does not sound good at all. Let's see. Let's see. Hello, hello. Okay, even better. <laughs> I'm now I'm sitting in the position I did not want to sit in. We're back. I took four weeks off of this show. Didn't want to uh, continue doing it. <laughs> Got to be plain, simple, and honest. Uh, Constitutionals is hard. This, let me just <laughs> say that first of all <laughs> to the dozens of listeners out there. <laughs> Putting this show together uh, or getting the getting the 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 no the want to, to do it especially after you know struggling putting out uh poor episodes of the of news time i just have not been in it mentally uh, for the past couple of uh months i think we all know why and <laughs> we're just gonna avoid uh but at least i know and at least i'm trying to tackle it um or tackle my creativity i'm looking at there's the closet in this uh, second bedroom which is the office of C plus comedy. I'm looking at the clothes in there. I'm also looking at some stuff I need to donate. And uh, currently, I've donated a lot of stuff. But currently, there's two plates. I got a whole new plate set. Oh, God. Guys, things have changed. <laughs> I got a plate set from Target. 20 bucks. Got four big plates, four salad plates, and then four bowls. So I got 16 new things. 12 new things is what it is because I can't count. <laughs> Uh, and uh, 20 bucks all in one box, all in nice, uh, off gray beige-ish kind of color. So it looks really adult. They had like a really dark blue too. It, it wasn't, it didn't look like something, uh, adults would have, but I got this nice set. Oh my God. I moved all my glasses, uh, that were, <laughs> this is so boring <laughs> that were sitting on the top shelf to this, uh, bottom shelf area. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I just, uh, boy, I can't wait to move to a different place so I can have, uh, <laughs> Nice neighbors. <laughs> Let me tell you, New Year's was very loud. And I look like the jerk because I said, hey, turn down the music. Anyway, that's not that's the whole story. Uh, so let's get on to it. I have a lot of stuff to talk about. And judging by the uh, timer and the uh, the camera, it looks like I don't have... Oh, God, I just got a text. Okay, anyway. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> ignoring it. <laughs> Uh, let's go on with the first thing. This is, and some of these are, some of these are stories I want to talk about. And they're also from, uh, four weeks ago, <laughs> you know, real talk. I, there was an episode I was planning to do one, uh, the week prior and I did not through like the episode prior to this. So this is for last week's episode. This is also very late, but still I was going to do one the week prior. Uh, I ended up not doing it. <laughs> um, so some of those, some of these stories are from, uh, from there. And so these stories are from the other side. All right, I'm very, I'm peeking. I don't know why. Uh, let's get into it. Then it was, I'll just go over this really quickly, and they'll be in the notes. Uh, this is from the New York Times, written by Cross Corelli. Nope, Ben Cesario. A big change comes to Billboard's album chart YouTube streams. So a long time ago, I think I've talked about how Billboard is is counting a various amount of things uh, in order to uh, to boost music uh, listens, I guess. 
and it takes for streaming. Um, I think it's something like a thousand or twelve hundred streams of a song equals like one listen of the album or something like that. Something crazy. Uh, so yeah, so now YouTube, which is a big player in music, is uh, is 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 now a part of the Billboard chart system, which is which is good. It should this is just something that should have happened a long time ago, because um, you know it's now it's Spotify, Google Play Music, Apple Music, Deezer. Pandora, all that stuff, all that stuff counts. Title, all that stuff counts. But where do most people listen to their music? If they just, you know, if you type in, um, oh God, <laughs> I couldn't think of a song. I got five on it. There we go. And uh, what comes up first? Usually a YouTube clip or, the, you know, the song, the lyric or the YouTube clip. Um, and Google got in trouble a couple of weeks ago with Genius because uh, Genius said, had had enough of Google stealing their lyrics. Anyway, big changes. Very interesting. Uh, I wish I could go more on topic with it, but I've only got half an hour. Uh, next thing's up, kids, YouTube changes. There are changes coming to YouTube, or they already happened. <laughs> Again, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is from Vox, written by Rebecca Jennings. The golden age of kids' YouTube is over. Good. So, YouTube recently changed the way uploads work. Uh, you can't monetize kids' videos, I don't believe. And you have to tell if your video is for children or not, or if your channel is for children or not. Uh, for a long time, when I was uploading News Times, and uh, not this show, <laughs> uh, for I think I think it was like maybe one or two months, you had to specifically, they didn't have a button where you could say, my channel's not for kids. You had to specifically say every single video you upload was not for children. If your if your channel's not for children, this channel's not for children, obviously. Uh, and by for children, I mean stuff like Sesame Street. You're doing kids songs, Peppa Pig stuff. Um, Peppa Pig's huge all around the world, so that's why I mentioned it. Uh, Baby Shark, kids songs and nursery rhymes. Anyway, it's uh, I mean, yeah, it's this is it's supposed to ward off, uh, and then I think there are no comments or something. I don't know. They're doing something with comments. It's to ward off pedophiles and. And to make sure kids aren't be, aren't being subjected to watching things, because sometimes there were videos that like look like kids stuff, and they said they were for kids, but then there would be something scary and or you know dark and disgusting and depressing inside the video, inside the content of the video, and kids would be scared, um, which is not good. So this is why they YouTube had finally Google finally tightened down on this stuff, which is something that needs to, that needed to happen, which is. It's, it, it, why didn't it happen before? The reason, and if you're if you're watching the video, <laughs> and you're wondering, and you see sweat stains at some point, and you're wondering why I'm wearing joggers and uh, a shirt that I probably work out in, it's because I just got back from a walk, and I went on a nice uh, walk, gave me about seven thousand steps because I've been watching TV all day. <laughs> I went to if you're from Atlanta. I live near the Beltline, the East Side Trail, which is where rich white people live, <laughs> hipsters, <laughs> and uh, they. Uh, I was so frozen that I looked at the monitor and I thought, oh my God, did the camera freeze? And it's where rich white people live. <laughs> and it's a trail, man-made trail, where you can just walk and you can go to restaurants and all this stuff, or you can just go for a walk or a run or a bike ride or whatever. But I went to the South Side Trail. Uh, which is where the black people are <laughs> kidding, <laughs> which is an extension of the East side trail. Eventually they're all going to connect. There's a West side trail and then that's going to connect to a trail 
uh, and Buckhead. And then the and then the Buckhead Trail and all that all that stuff's gonna connect to a trail that goes to Alabama. I swear to God, it's a thing that's happening. I promise you. Every every time I tell somebody that, they say, No, it's that's not how it's happening. And I and I bring up this article I saw on curbed Atlanta dot curb dot com or whatever. Anyway, kids videos. There you go. I'm still very sweaty from this walk I, I just took. It was an hour and seven minutes by myself. Everybody else was uh, uh, addressed better than me. <laughs> Had dogs and families. I was just alone uh, wearing my Beats. Not this, not this headphones, because that'd be weird. Next up, Apple, Richard Plepper. Plepler. They're in business together. Uh, Richard Plepper, he's the, he's the guy who used to be an HBO boss. He left after AT&T bought it because after AT&T bought, uh, what do they call themselves? Warner media. Um, because they were taking AT&T was taking HBO into a direction that was not suitable for what he had done. Uh, so now he has a five year deal with Apple. Uh, a short little thing here. Uh, Oprah Winfrey this past week had just, she was touted as Apple's like one of Apple's biggest gets and she was doing a me too documentary. And she dropped out of the documentary because over creative differences. I think with Apple now uh, a big player in this industry we call showbiz. It's a podcast reference. Uh, and this, uh, with Apple now doing this, it's you're going. And I know they want to have a tight grip over everything. They're going to have to. Um, be a little bit more uh, loose with how they, with what they're doing. This is why I think they should have just went into producing instead of putting out a a whole streaming network Um, because there are going to be things that people want to do that even, you know, even the richest company in the world, they're still a little bit conservative in, in terms of what they, of what they put out. So I think this is going to, uh, this already it already backfired for them, and I will be surprised. I won't be surprised if the Steven Spielberg thing doesn't go through. Um, he's doing amazing stories. I think they're already shooting like two seasons, but so that might be wrong. So I might be wrong, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if bigger people dropped out. No offense to Apple. I did. I got an iPad. I got a new iPad, iPad Pro, and uh, Apple. If you if you got a new device within the past, I think like two years or something, they'll give you free Apple TV Plus for a year. So I got Apple TV Plus. Uh, prior to that, I got the free trial for Apple TV Plus. Saw the morning show, not good. Uh, but now I have Apple TV Plus, and so now I can check all this stuff out for the next year. It's really it sucks because I got it. I got it like two weeks before Christmas, and then. Uh, I deliberately held off on the trial because I wanted to get the trial in the new year. I signed up for the trial and it, it, uh, it like retrofitted back to, to November to when the, when Apple TV released. So the day, so from November 7th, I have until the trial, it doesn't, it doesn't matter when you got the trial. It's just, you got the trial and you're going to get it from the day that everybody else got it for free. Anyway. So now Apple signed a deal with Richard Plepper. Uh, he's going to, he's going to bring them some great shows. Cause he did, that's what he did for, I want to adjust the games here. He did, uh, for <laughs> just <laughs> went in the opposite direction. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, that's what he did for HBO. And, uh, one can assume that's what he's going to do. That's what's he going to do. That's what, he, that's what, <laughs> that's what he's going to do for, um, 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> what he's going to do for uh, uh, <laughs> which we call it. What am I doing right now? <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll see how that pans out. We won't see the, uh, but it's a very good write up that was on the New York Times written by, oh, shoot. Shoot. I will not change this show. I will not curse on the show. John Coblin, who wrote it. Um, but wouldn't it be nice for me to, to, to curse on this? Oh, I also made a new portfolio site. You can go to chadcwhite.myportfolio.com. Check out uh, my portfolio, please. And hire me. Give me a good, good, me a good, good, good TV job. Next up, IGN's review scale gets a little bit simpler. IGN, they've been flirting with uh, the review scale of doing, uh, what, what was the first review scale? I think it was um, years and years and years ago. They used to do like presentation, gameplay. They used to get all that stuff out and give like number numerical scores to that, like out of like one to 10 on a hundred point scale. And then that, and then they would add all that up and then that would be the, the score for the game. And then they moved to, um, the hunt, just a regular hundred point scale for a game in total. And then they moved to, uh, one to 10 and then they moved back to hundred point, And now they're finally at one to 10 again. Uh, so there you go. And then Dan Stapleton, who is the executive editor, I believe, at IGN, he wrote this uh, piece up called Announcement IGN's Review Scale. just got simpler, so they're just going to do the same thing for everything. So they're not going to be giving out 7.1s or 8.9s, 8.9s, or even 6.5s. They're going to be given 1s, 2s, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9s, and 10s. That's nice to see. They've, uh, it's been 23 years. IGN's 23 years old. Wow. I'm older than IGN. Uh, again, reviews are stupid, so <laughs> take, take that as how you will. Uh, when we come back, college humor, massive layoffs, uh, women in film, whites in film. <gasps> oh, you might have this. All right, back in three, two, one. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Oh, God. I forgot how to put these headphones on. <laughs> I haven't done this show in so long, but I use these at work, so I don't know why I forgot how to put headphones on. Do you know, see how high my hair sits? Like, it sits above my head, and then some, like, when I wash my hair on Mondays and Fridays, it leaves a dent. Uh, so then, like, I have to bring my my uh, my twister to work. <laughs> it's really involved. Hey, listen, let's talk about uh, College Humor. So College Humor is a website that used to upload videos and articles, and it truly was, is College Humor. It was just like dirt, not dirty, but like funny, geek out, gross humor. Uh, if you know what College Humor is, uh, whatever. Uh, over the past few years, it's had to go the way of every other online comedy company, which is to YouTube to upload its videos. Uh, they used to have a, they used to have their own player, but now, you know, YouTube is so easy. 
but you don't want to give money to YouTube. That's the thing. To Google, that's the thing. That's why you have your own player. That's why IGN has their own player. That's why, you know, GameSpot, uh, uh, New York Times, Fox, that's why they all have their own players. You build your own player, you put your video up, you don't have to give money to anybody. Anyway, uh, if it's so now for uh, College Humor, if you go to collegehumor.com, it takes you directly to YouTube. They, like, they barely even have a website anymore. Uh, and now a lot of people don't have their jobs. This comes from <coughs> Meg Wright at The Vulture. At The Vulture. Almost everyone in College Humor has lost their jobs. Uh, this is, before I get started, let's see. Split Cider was bought by Vulture. So that's a comedy website bought by Vulture. Comedy news site bought by Vulture. Uh, so I don't think a lot of people lost their jobs in there. Uh, also, I don't think a lot of people work there. Um, funny, funny or Die is consistently laying people off. Um, above average, I haven't seen their work in uh, a long time, several months. Um, let's see. UCB is always, you know, flip, flippy flirty. That's a good title, too. Flippy flirty. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Uh, but now college humor, which was owned and operated once by, uh, who's the guy who is married to Allison Williams. His name is Ricky. Uh, but now Sam Wright, who's been there for R E I C H has been there for a long, as long as I can remember, uh, probably the entire time. But Sam is a very funny guy. Very nice guy. He is, uh, the company is like, a, like a lot of these online, you know, companies, they were sold to a bunch of different uh, mega rich companies that would just pay to keep them afloat, essentially. So now, uh, Sam Wright, uh, Reich said that uh, IAC, their parent company, uh, is no longer financing them. So 100 plus people lost their jobs. And I think there's only 12 people. So they closed down the New York office. And, uh, and I think they still have an LA office. Uh, and I think there's only 12 people that still have jobs. So the only way to support them right now is to go to Dropout, which is their online subscription service where you get all their shows early, uh, unedited, uh, no bleeps, um, and a bunch of exclusive shows as well. Um, you might know College Humor from Jake and Amir, the College Humor show, uh, the other College Humor show that was on. There's one, I think, on Spike, another on MTV. I don't remember. But uh, I remember I watched them all. And Jake and Amir who are no longer uh, affiliated with them, but, you know, still, it's all the same thing. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, Funny or Die was one of the things. Uh, let's see. A, bu- a, bunch of, a bunch of things. So, uh, there we go. Wait, hold on. Colin Chambers' staying power was partly thanks to his attempt to adapt from a place for new comedy talent to experiment to ho- to a home where that same talent could make the leap to television, other projects without leaving. Uh, Adam Conover's True TV series, Adam Ruins Everything, for example, is based on. Okay, so very sad. I hope everybody lands on their feet um, and can, is able to get a job. Uh, I understand that how difficult that can be uh, because a network, an entire comedy network, was shut down. <sighs> Frustrating. Working, working comedy live because uh, either you're performing at the UCB and only a handful of people can see you, or you know you're at IO and only a handful people, a handful of people can see you, uh, or some people listen to comedy podcasts. But there, there need to be these these intermediaries for everybody to come through in, you know, because not everybody wants to listen to comedy bang bang. Everybody wants to listen to 
to to to go to UCB. Not everybody can go to UCB. So this is this is why college humor, funny or die, these things, you know, as bad as they were for you know, funny or die, you hear people were paid pennies for what they did, but still. This next one is about these next couple are about females in film. This comes from the rap. Women directed record 12% of the top 100 grossing films in 2019 study finds. This is from Tom Tom Geyer. I couldn't read. It's such a anyway. A record 10.6% of the directors of 2019's top 100 grossing movies were women directing 12% of Hollywood's biggest hits last year, according to a study by Stacey L. Smith and USC Annenberg Inclusion Initiative. That's my favorite. It's my favorite study. I love it. Uh, that's the best gender representation when it started counting in 2007. Though the overall percentage remains 4.8% across all 13 years of the research, the top-grossing female filmmaker was Jennifer Lee, who co-directed uh, the year's number four domestic boss office hit, Frozen 2, with Chris Buck. That's the thing. There's because there's a, that's a qualifier. There's with Chris Buck, and I assume that's a white guy uh, who who also works at Pixar. At least I got a job. Yeah, I know. So many movies that were directed by women. Abominable. Uh, Queen Slim. Little. The movie Little with uh, Maisea Martin. I think that's her name. is. Uh, a Dog's Journey. Harriet. Oh, my God. I'm so happy for all these women getting these jobs. Uh, over the last five years, the researchers found that a percentage of female directors was at the top uh, eight Hollywood studios was 9.8%, with the highest percentage, 15%, coming last year. Only 35% of the 40 slates included a woman of color as director. By comparison, 20% of Netflix's 2019 directors of U.S. fictional films were women, the study found, and the pipeline for upcoming directors also looks promising, with women directing 34.5% of the feature films in the U.S. dramatic competition at the Sundance Film Festival between 2015 and 2019. Wow. Those are great numbers. Uh, we can only go out from here, hopefully. Jesus, because uh, in, 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 in a couple of stories, you'll see that we uh, go down. <laughs> this also comes from the rap written by Umberto Gonzalez. Record number of top films had female protagonists in them in 2019. A little picture they got there is uh, Saoirse Ronan from uh, Little Women, which is a completely white movie. And uh, Star Wars. Uh, um old girl from star Wars. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> I think her character's name is Ray. Her name is Charlize. <laughs> women made unprecedented prison. <laughs> women made unprecedented gains as protagonists in top grossing films in 2019. According to the latest, it's a man celluloid world report released Wednesday by Dr. Martha Lausen, executive director of the center for the study of women in television and film at the San Diego state university, San Diego state university. The percentage of films featuring female protagonists rose from 31% in 2018 to 40 in 2019, reaching a, re- a recent historic high. 43% of films featured male protagonists, 17 had ensemble, 17%, excuse me. The study defines protagonists as characters whose, from whose perspective the story is told, blah, blah, blah. In 2019, so I guess Avengers did not pass that. <laughs> <coughs> That joke made me laugh and cough. In 2019, 45% of female protagonists appeared in the studio features and 55% 
were in independent features. This marks a shift from 2018 when females were more than twice as likely to appear in independent features as studio features, 68% versus 33%. Females comprise 37% 30, uh, of major characters, up to up just 1% hinge point from 36% in 2018 and 34% of all speaking characters. Wow. Down 1 percentage from 35% in 2018. It's really amazing. It's great to see these numbers uh, go up and uh, to see women continue to thrive in uh, film and things. Uh, whereas the BAFTAs uh, realize there's no uh, people of color in this year's nominations. Now, this is something I was thinking about on my walk. I was listening to the Indie Wire podcast, and uh, it's a podcast where they talk to uh, uh, directors, to writers, to producers, to actors in the film world. And the episode I was listening to was Olivia Wilde. She was the subject. Olivia Wilde, actress, uh, also directed Booksmart, one of the best movies of last year. And it's a comedy. And it stars the women. And I was thinking, and they were talking about how uh, they were talking about all these uh, women directors and uh, Greta Gerwig. They were talking about Greta Gerwig in particular, and uh, and it got me thinking: uh, white women are really having a great year, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I understand there's, you know, a lot of bad things can happen to white women uh, uh, that cannot happen to anybody else. <laughs> But white women are having a great year. Little Women, uh, Booksmart, um, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. You're getting all the acting and directing, and directing jobs. Um, you know, you're starring in superhero movies. <laughs> but but that's just for, and, and I, I, can't, I can't stress this enough. This is not just for, it's not just, it's not for every woman. It's for white women. And white women are just, and no one ever takes that into account. You know, the, the movie's, like little women, they come out and they think it's women empowerment and female empowerment, all this stuff. And, uh, but that's women of color are overlooked. Uh, black women, Asian women, uh, Spanish women, they like, they're no one is going, they're not benefiting from this little woman moving. I looked at the character. I looked at the character list, the IMDb list. There's not that many people of color on there. There's not even, there's not, there's none. I have no interest in seeing that moving. That's my, that's going to be one of my things for this year. I want to, if, if, even if, no matter how good a movie is, if it's the movie Knives Out, written by Rian Johnson, he's a guy who did a Star War. If there's one person of color in it, I understand it's a movie about a family, a white family, but if there's just one person of color in it, I'm I'm still gonna hold that accountable. I'm gonna be like, hey, every time someone says, no matter how good, no matter how good a movie is, they're like, oh, this movie's so good, I'm gonna go. But not that many people of color in it, not that many women of color in it. Okay. Uh, Mark Samuelson, the chair of the BAFTA. BAFTAs are the British, uh, basically British Academy Awards, uh, and they do film and television and all that stuff. Um, Mark Samuelson, he said it's infuriating. He's the chair of the BAFTA Film Committee, so he he voted along with everybody else and said that uh, it's infuriating lack of diversity in the acting noms. Uh, there's lack of diversity all over, son. Uh, he called they and then the the entire committee called on the the industry to change, uh, which is funny because I just today I just watched uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. They could have just as easily said, 
hey, that movie's good. Let's nominate these actors. Let's nominate the director. Well, director's white. Uh, let's nominate uh, the actors. Let's nominate the writers. It also, director also wrote. So. <laughs> but let's nominate, let's, nom- let's nominate Parasite. They could have just as easily. If you're going to do it, don't do it a part of the way. It's just laziness on their part. BAFTA faced a barrage of criticism after all of the 20 main acting nominations in the 2020 BAFTA Film Awards went to white actors. And once again, there is an all-male list of best director noms. (laughs) I mean, come on. (sighs) It's just ridiculous. I don't want to read that too, uh, read too much of that because I have to do one more thing. Uh, Because that kind of ties into the film and TV diversity. What changed in 2019 and what's next in 2020? This is just a little write-up from Dino Ray Ramos. Oh, my phone is being called. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Uh, if you would, please excuse me. All right, we're doing this. This is this, this is the second time I'm recording this ending. Uh, I got a phone call. It lasted 20-something minutes. <laughs> so it actually lasted half an hour. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, let's listen to this one more time. Uh, listen, if you like where's your if you're here, head on over to the website, seawiscounty.com. I'm not going to do the last story. It's diversity in film. It's uh, gotten a little bit better. Anyway, <laughs> YouTube, uh, cpluscomedy.com, slash cpluscomedy, cpluscomedy.com, where you can see interviews uh, such as my one with Craig Ferguson, Daniel Van Kirk, and the upcoming Nicholas Coombe, who was in the Door of the Explorer movie, uh, one of the main characters. And now he's going to be in 68 Whiskey, which is premiering on Wednesday, January 15th on Paramount Network. They did not ask me to promote this, but I'm promoting the interview, so I guess I'm going to have to do this anyway. Uh, and he's going to be on that show um, Yeah, So hopefully the interview's out before then. I'm interview- I'm talking to somebody tomorrow. Uh, who is going to be in a pretty big project, I believe. Not a movie or anything, but she has a lot of followers. So that's why I talked to her. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm only talking to certain people this year. Uh, you got to you gotta set boundaries, you know? You can't just, I can't just talk to every comedian now. I got to talk to people who have something big coming out or they have a lot of followers. So whichever one's which. Uh, so yeah, there we go. <sighs> if you want to see a video version of this podcast, youtube.com slash C comedy, where you can see me and all my sweaty glory. And then also there's going to be, there's news time. News time is up there. There's going to be <laughs> news time. The show that I haven't missed a week on. Oh, thank God. She's, uh, so news time is premier news show, entertainment news show. Take a, take a big story and break it down for all of us people who just don't know about it, uh, in the entertainment news world. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for listening. Tell your friends, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Bye bye.